Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Hour number two of our broadcast. Welcome back. You'll be glad to know that in his first at bat as a Dodger, Shohei Otani struck out on three pitches. Hopefully a sign of things to come this year for the $2 million a year man. Let's talk basketball now, where even a third-string guard won't make $2 million. I think more than that, probably. Let's talk a little Hawks basketball with Jason Walker. At yeah. Jason Walker NBA on Twitter, he is our guru, of course, of the Hawks. How you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing real good, Bill. I'll tell you why. Because uh, one of my favorite players in Major League Baseball plays for the Braves right now. The Chris Sale went out and had great thing. Bill, I'm, I'm nothing. If, if I'm a simple man, Bill. I went to Florida. We know this. I'm simple. In basketball, give me a shot blocker like Tree Rollins. In baseball, give me a strikeout pitcher uh, like Strider and now Chris Sale. I love it. It's great, and it's good to see him out there doing his thing. I, just fantastic. Love that stuff. Heck, I talked about those two innings for 20 minutes in the first hour of our show. You know <laughs> I did. I, I kept great. on saying, I kept on saying, I kept on sliding in there probably six or seven times. It's February twenty seventh. It's February twenty seventh. But you know me; it doesn't matter. I mean, I thought matter. I thought it was great. I mean, he reached ninety seven miles an hour in his first spring training game. How about that? I love it. And just as long you know, if you're a Braves fan, you're just hoping healthy in October, November. That's what you want because that's the kind of arm you want in the playoffs uh, out there. Man, uh, good to see Chris Sale go. One been one of my favorites for a long time. Toiled uh, with the White Sox before. You know, Boston. I mean, come on. This stinks. Just like watching Otani go to the Dodgers. Like, oh, great to see that franchise catch a break, you know. I know. Uh, I know. Do you, do you anyway. know that? I've got a buddy of mine in Vegas, and he, he uh, he's out there on some supposed business trip. And he showed me the board of the odds for the World Series, and I told him to take two wild cards, not wild card baseball, but two kind of, you know, out of yeah. the out of the out of the pocket teams. I told him to take Baltimore and Cincinnati. Oh, you're jinxing us right off the bat. Jinxing the How Reds. How about that? Your Reds. Your Reds are going to be pretty good. They're going to be interesting this year, though, aren't they? Got they'll some be fun. They'll be fun to watch, Bill. Yeah, they'll be fun. They'll yeah. be fun. And and Hunter Green. I mean, it's one of the guys. You know, I'm loving it. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> strikeouts. Let's go. And um, you know, this uh, one of the great young players in there and. As a Reds fan, you just have to be used to enjoy them while they're here. <laughs> they're going to go away. Enjoy <laughs> them. Uh, you know, kind of uh, what it is. And kind of like how, you know, it's been being a Hawks fan the last 25 years, Bill. Enjoy them while, yeah, they, while right. they're here before they go on to start them in somewhere else uh, in there. Sad to see. Well, that's a good segue, Jason Walker. Uh, first of hey, all, we're, we're going to yeah. see Mr. Collins tonight. Yeah, uh, looking forward to that. Just to be able to hear our man Steve Holman call him Johnny Collins. By the way, how's Rudy Gay doing for Atlanta? Could you give me an update on uh, that? Uh, we, you know, he's uh, he's settling in well to his uh, Terrell Brandon, uh, Gary Payton, Carmelo Anthony suite, and uh, guys that uh, were uh, with the Hawks in title for a little while before going away. 
Is there a whole all-star list of guys that uh, Anton Jameson was another one that was traded to Atlanta but never suited up? Yeah, so, crazy. He's doing yeah. well. Yeah, settling in very nicely to that comfortable uh, eight-figure yes. <laughs> suite. No question. Well, oh my I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing John Collins tonight. Yeah, uh, of course. I mean, we know they just held on to him too long, and it was yep. the most inevitable, inevitable trade in the Hawks history, to be honest with you. But we'll right. see him. All right. So Trey's out for a month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we trade him to San Antonio, your thoughts on on this injury and what we could see and what we will see? Well, I think it's it's ironic that he got hurt trying to make a defensive play. <laughs> you know, uh, he's been great. He's actually, you know, it was his best year defensively. He was so bought into what Quinn's doing and was really beginning to get a reputation. You heard J.J. Redick and another big national basketball voices talking about how Trey Young had had really been work, worked at, and it's clear how he was defensively. And Paulo Bancaro over in Orlando saying he didn't even attack Trey anymore because Trey was doing good things defensively. So it's a, it's a dang shame that he gets hurt and we're going to miss him for a month because he was the one guy out there really tr- plugging along and doing it. And, of course, we miss all of uh, all of his stuff there. It's just, you know, it's a real shame. But, you know, it, it, it'll give an opportunity to see Kobe Bufkin here in the next month, the first-round yeah. pick who'd been – exiled to the G League uh, in this new Atlanta Hawks era of why play the young guys? The uh, uh, To see Kobe play, I already liked his defense, Bill. You watch him the other night, uh, right? You know, before it, you know, against Orlando, he did good things, yeah. uh, you know, defensively. And I think that's, uh, boy, it, this team could have used that over the last uh, first half of the year. But, you know, who knows? Uh, they have their ways of, of of developing their players now, but uh, it could be good to see him for for extended time, and and um, you know hopefully we'll we'll you know see the team kind of try to do what they can, but you can't replace the production that Trey Young gives you night in and night out, even with Dejounte Murray, uh, you know doing triple double type things like he was doing in San Antonio. Uh, this is playmaking that Trey Young does that opens it up for everybody else. So it makes him a star. What are your thoughts on Quinn Snyder as a coach? I think Quinn's done amazing stuff. I think when you see what he's done from a play standpoint and what he's trying to do, uh, it makes you wonder why he came to Atlanta. Why did he jump in to Atlanta? This guy is such a good coach, and if the did he you know did he not do the due diligence on the roster situation, the tax situation, um, what he was getting into? Because I think what you what you see is you see a coach that's a top tier coach just working. Like being a top chef, and you're you're working in a no offense, I don't know if this is a sponsor or not, but you're working at let's call it a chain restaurant. Let's say you know you're not in one of those five star restaurants, and you're a top chef. You're you're working in one of the chain restaurants uh, out there, and I, that's kind of how I'm feeling about Quinn right now. Uh, the work that he did with Trey, and when you see a guy like Trey bought in to that, you you understand what kind of special uh, talent you have at the head coaching position. Uh, Jason Walker has been critical, if you've not heard, on the Hawks' ownership with Tony Resser. He is, <laughs> yeah. he has been, in in my opinion, I've known Jason for twenty three years. Um, 
he has been more critical, I think, and outspoken than he has in some time, even going back to the Atlanta Spirit days as the owners yeah. of the team for a, for a while, uh, about the disappointment on how Tony Ressler has handled this team, Nick Ressler, or whoever the hell no. is in charge, which we don't yeah. really know Rest that's part of the problem, too. Horrible. Uh, yeah, and so the, the, the differentiation between, all right, they didn't, help the team help the roster right and the surprise of quinn snyder almost putting up with that and not demanding there be more improvements or a better bench or more you know important members of his team and of his roster to to make it a more viable contender compared to a losing team you know i i, I several times you know, I, I keep on saying for some reason, yeah, but they're losing. Yeah, but they're losing. Yeah, but they're losing. And and it's like, how do we differentiate the issues that you brought up with this ownership compared to the fact that this team is just not winning with Trey Young as the point guard? You know, it, it's, it's a marriage. A successful ba- basketball franchise has a marriage of talent on the floor, which includes your coaching staff. Uh, and of course, the players. It's a player-driven league, but it's it's a it's a successful marriage of that and organizational savvy, and and that includes making roster moves and keeping your roster flexible to to build around your stars to have a have a plan to execute. You mentioned, you know, and it's it's apropos that John Collins it will be you know in State Farm. And we talk about him because he was dangled by this management for four different uh, trading deadlines. Four. You can go all the way back. Four trade deadlines. And they didn't do anything. Just consistently knocking the value down uh, over time. And, and, you know, and never making a consolidation trade. You know, when you have that, when you, when you just kept extending and dumping, as we talked about the last time. And that's not good roster management, especially when you don't want to pay luxury tax. You you can do smart things and never pay the tax. Uh, you know the successful teams do, but you can but you can't do both. And what you end up with when you do both is a roster that doesn't necessarily fit great together. You're missing skills uh, out there, as we see point of point of attack defense with the Hawks. You're not able to acquire. Look at Miami. Go out and get Dellen Wright. Steps right in last night with absences, helps the Heat win a, win a ball game. That is the kind of move that the Hawks have not been able to do. Heck, they they can't even – they have a, a guy on the roster in, in Trent Forrest who has played too many games on a two-way contract. He's been active too many days. But they won't let him go and bring somebody else in, and they won't sign him to an NBA contract because they're, they're scared of the tax implications. So when you yeah. have all of that – all of that dysfunction, Bill, we're talking about in the management, it affects what you do on the court and it affects how effective your talented players and your talented coaching staff can be because you haven't built properly. You're living in a house where, you know, uh, where the kitchen is, is missing appliances. I don't know how to say it, but it's just not a strong foundation. That's what your front office brings to the table. And the Hawks have been, you know, negligent. And providing that for the for the last four or five years of planning and building around Trey Young, there have been reports, obviously, that 
after the trade deadline that before the trade deadline, there were discussions the Hawks had with teams about DeJounte Murray, but also about Trey Young. So mm-hmm. now this scenario here with Trey's departure for a month, I think, begs the question. If DeJounte Murray plays well and, Jay, if the Hawks win, does that give this ownership and this front office more incentive to trade Trey Young this offseason? Uh, well, I think it would give them, you know, it would give them a path to doing so. Um, you know, I've mentioned on your show many times that I you feel like the ceiling is so much higher with Trey Young than without him. First of all, Murray's going to play well. He's a good player. He's going to play well. Uh, you know, he's going to put up big counting numbers, and we'll, we'll see. I think the Hawks would almost have to go on the same unprecedented run that they made to the to the conference finals to get to the point where you're like, okay, it doesn't matter if we have Trey or not on this team. I think it would take a lot of winning that I don't think this roster is built to do. So it's a lot of speculation. But if they win and they win big and they go far in the in the thing, certainly that would give the management the you know give them a path and say, okay, we can be great without Trey Young. But I, I just don't I don't see it happening. I don't I just don't see you know how how we would be as successful uh, with the Atlanta Hawks would be as successful that way. All right, but but if this ownership is what it is. And yeah. and if it's like I can sit here and gripe and complain about Arthur Blank and his love affair yeah. with Rich McKay all day long, I'm right. not going to stop that. And I and, and yeah. I'm not going to you know I, I don't have ammunition to march shot him right. <laughs> um, right. I don't, I don't have anything to march shot Tony Wrestler. Right. So if this ownership is what it is, yeah. is their best path under their ownership to trade Trey Young? I mean. I think it's the opposite. I, I understand what I you're saying, and and, yeah. and I and you know Dino on here said Jason's just a little too pro Trey for me in my opinion. And you know there are people who are asking the question because of the sub 500 record since the run against Milwaukee. Well, yeah. if, if they can't win with him, why don't they try to win without him? But especially Jason, don't you think it's even more logical to ask the question, considering what this ownership is showing us of what they're going to do? What's the point of having this guy when you can get something good for him right now? Well, I, I think, like I say, I don't. I think that if you are an, a group like this group, and they, you never want to pay the tax, you're not going to be responsible from a roster management standpoint. Then you have to have a superstar that can lift you above where your management skills are, and and keep the playoff money coming and and uh, everything else you know that that comes with it, uh, because you're on your own. You're not going to be great. This you know this group inherited Danny Ferry and Mike Budenholzer's uh, successful teams, and then it you know they scrapped all that too late, mind you, with Millsap and, and then letting Horford go for nothing. They they kind of you know they, they and then they built again, but they only came up when they drafted Trey Young, and I, you know it, it, the success that they've had has been mapped to Trey. And that's the same with any superstar. You're gonna they're not the, winning the now, thunder. though. They're they're not winning now. Well, uh, it's they're true. not. Yeah. So if they're, 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 they're not going to surround Trey with players that can help him get better, what's the point of having him when they can get a hell of a lot for him? Right. I 
Yeah, I mean, Bill, we've seen this team try to win without superstars or without competent management uh, at, at the front. It's just hard to do in the NBA. The thing about tearing things down is you're down a long time. If if you can't do properly, we were in the early 2000s. We've seen, you know, what this what this could be, and you know, there's limits to that without having a star on the team. But I mean, you know, certainly, I mean, I can't dispute the fact that they had a losing record this year with Trey Young. And, you know, and that's, uh, you know, I, I believe it's because of the roster management around it. But, uh, you know, I, I and I think that if you went with DeJounte Murray and, you know, a bunch of kids next year, I don't think we would win even, the Hawks would win even as much as they were winning this year. I think it's, you know, I think we've seen it before, what happens when you don't have a difference maker. Uh, and play, and and uh, you know I think that's where the Hawks are at. I mean, so it it behooves you know wrestler to keep Trey for the gate, and it behooves him to keep him because it raises your floor uh, to to a place where it's reasonable, rather than to let the floor drop out without having uh, out having a star. Unless you can get one back, of course. Uh, you know that's a caveat. If you can get someone back, that that moves the needle from a production standpoint, like the guy you're trading, then, you know, obviously that would make some sense. All right. I have proposed to you the, cause you know me, I'm going to find, if I'm going to oh, find trade. a trade, Absolutely. Um, I, I have proposed to you the fact that the San Antonio Spurs were mentioned as a team that were interested in Trey young. They right. have two first round draft picks. And I don't know who the other ones for. Oh, it's from Houston. I'm seeing it right here on Tankathon. It is from no. Yeah. It is from Toronto. It is from Toronto. Um uh that must that must be the Kyrie Leonard trade or something. Uh, would it be probably? Right. They, they uh, are yeah. Right right now they are are third with their own pick and then seventh with the pick for Toronto going into the lottery of course. And then Atlanta is 10th right now. So Right. Um you're talking about a team that has two potential top ten picks, yeah. and they have some young talent that um, are interesting players. There's no question. I mean, they're not stars, but they're interesting players. You've got Devin Vassell, you've got Kelvin yeah. Johnson, you've got some players around Wembenyama that are not really helping them win right now. So um, again, just trying to think out loud here of well, because I don't think, I mean, I I. I love you, and you know I, I I understand exactly what you're saying. The everything about star power and everything, I yeah. I also don't trust this ownership group. Yeah. I don't think I think they have screwed up the Dejounte Murray thing, and I think that as excited as you and I were about Murray joining Young, it didn't yeah. work, and I don't think they're going to get anything back for Murray compared to what they gave away, right? No um, which I think is awfully bad. Even even if he goes on a run and does very very well right now for this month to show how he can lead a team without Trey Young in the lineup, I don't know if they're going to get increased value for that if they just were to decide to trade him this offseason. And and you know like you, I don't have faith in the team, but I think that my lack of faith makes me feel like they're going to be more apt to trade Trey anyway. And if that's the case, wouldn't that sort of thing be what you would have to look for, Jason? Yeah. 
Okay, if we're if we're not going to try to build around Trey, if we're not going to get better players to to put around him and to take up ta- let's go get a couple of draft picks and see if we can hit lightning in the bottle again. Yeah, it's a weaker draft for sure. Certainly not the draft that uh, when Trey came out with Luca and you know uh, Shea Gilders Alexander and the draft was loaded. Sure, uh, it's, it's not that it's not that kind of draft. It's not even the draft you know, last year when Wembenyama. What you what you say brings up a couple interesting things. One, why would San Antonio bring in Trey Young if Trey's a, Trey's a loser? Why would you tie your franchise, Victor Wembenyama? to a guy um, that can't move the needle. That would be the first thing that I would think of if I were a Hawks exec. Like, why is San Antonio wanting to do this? <laughs> why didn't? Why don't they just build around Wembenyama? Why do they want Trey Young? Because Trey's a difference maker. Because Trey makes, you know, Trey's a, an all-NBA caliber player and brings out the best in the, brings out the best in everybody because of his playmaking skills. All right. That aside, if you if Trey Young said I want out, there's nothing you can do, right? This is the kind of deal you'd want to make a younger player like Fossil, multiple draft picks, and and build around that way. You're absolutely right about that. You're absolutely right. So if Trey Young wakes up one day and decides the wrestlers have disappointed him for the last time, he wants out. Then yes, that's the kind of trade that you at the minimum have to pull back in uh, to to make it happen. Two top tens. A future pick, probably, and a, and a young, and a young scorer type, you know, versatile player. Vassal's really good player uh, to to come in. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm I'm really curious as to what the next three four weeks are going to bring with with this. I mean, I, I um, it was unusual. I mean, I know Orlando didn't shoot very well on Sunday at all, but still, it was unusual that first game without trade. They had their best game of the year as far as keeping. They they held one yeah. team under a uh, hundred that was ninety nine and then they go and hold Orlando to ninety two the other day and I'm like well Trey's not there and I, I just they're not winning and I don't I don't I, they got to find a way yeah. to win because you know and I said this earlier Jay because Jason look unfortunately you and I know this I'm an idiot okay <laughs> I talk about this team knowing full well that a lot of people who are listening I don't think they really give a damn right I do. Yeah. And and part of my passion for this, number one, I've watched them for 45 freaking years. Yeah. Number two, I'm tired of losing. I, I, how much fun did we have in the summer of 2021 oh. when all that was going on? And, I mean, it was like a dream come true. And, hell, they it, it was. got as far as they ever had, you know. And now to go backwards and say, you know, and regardless of whose fault it is, you know, and it's like I, I thought what, Landry Field said after the trade deadline was full of my initials, just bull crap, you know, bull crap. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm sick of it. I want to win. Yeah. And, and if they're not going to win with this guy, with Trey young, get him out and get someone else and see if you can do it then. Because it, it's sums is not working. And, and there, there've been too many games where they've looked so good for a part of it. And then they just fall off. And I know the depth's been bad. And I know when they've had players out, whether it was Deandre Hunter or in hell now, a Kongwu. Yep. It's like Jalen you know, Johnson I, missed a big part of the beginning. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. He missed what a month, uh, five weeks, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a problem because they have done a crappy job of of trying to maintain the the bench and 
and there's no excuse for it. You know, they're, 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 that, that's the one thing I don't like about ownership. Ownership that is condescending to a fan base when we can know who's available yeah. out there and know that you're yeah. avoiding it and knowing that you traded Kevin Herter for one reason, one reason only. Yeah. You know, that, that there's a, that's a problem yeah. with us. But it's like, well, if they're not going to do it, then just go ahead and trade him and get what you can for him. And I don't know if they'll get a better offer than having two first-round, two top-ten picks because I'd rather have that, Jason, than a future bunch of picks where it may not be a top-ten pick. But, hell, how often do you have a team that wants one of your star players that has two top-ten picks? And you have one as well. Yeah. No, that's what I say. If Trey, if Trey said, I want out, you can't – you you've you burned it today. I, I totally agree. But until then, I'm I'm holding on. Bill, we we've watched it for a, watched this team for a long time. We've had two superstars. I know in in here, and Trey's one of them. And I just I know it took us so long after trading Dominique, killing us. It took us so long to find somebody who was different. And when he went in game one and put 48 points up on the eventual champs. With with ten assists, you know, and we were two two, and we were actually looking at the finals. Yeah, I, you can't tell me that's different now. The only thing that's different is what you've done to the team. So I would rather see them strip it down to the to to Trey Young and start again with with uh, younger contracts or whatever, and see what Trey could do. But I then they'll let him go, and I, maybe folks listening would disagree, and I. Like I say, I totally understand. I understand your point of view on that. I just, I, I feel like, you know, care, you know, a little bit of care for what you wish for there, because yeah. change doesn't always necessarily mean better outcomes. Well, you're right. We have waited on a star, and we said when Joe Johnson or Josh Smith, yeah. or or uh, even you know, Al, even my guy Al Horford, I, absolutely. I mean, very good players, and we've always been yep. the king of very good players. Yeah, that's right. The, the star power, it, 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 you know, but we won with Dominique. You know, we had, and I know it was yeah. a different time. It was 40 years ago for crying out 35, but I mean, still, it's like we won. It's hard yeah. to, it's just hard when you're not winning. And yeah, you don't want to give away someone like that, but uh, it's like, well, something's got to yeah, happen. It was, it was just, different. Ted went out and got guys, he paid guys. Oh, yeah. Ted paid guys. Absolutely. You know, it was a different time, though. Different cap, different everything. Sure. But, yeah. All right, Jason like, Walker's like been our too. guest. Uh, <laughs> and uh, good stuff. It's it's a good conversation. You know, I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate totally. that it's uh, it's a, partly because of crappy ownership, but we're used to it. I mean, I hate to say that, but we are. Yeah, I hate to say it, too. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're just, since Ted, and it's been a different thing, so... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens tonight with Johnny Collins, as old Steve Holman's going to like to call him tonight. Um, and we look forward to that. Jason, thank you. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? Be safe awesome out there. Stuff. Yep, thanks, Bill. All right, the great Jason Walker. How about the Hawks? You know, um, I do love trades. Y'all know that. I love trades. I love trade rumors. I could talk about trades. All. I, lo- I love roster construction, along with the games itself. I, I mean, hell, I, I – I've sat in a World Series game in both 1995 and in in 2021 and have talked about next year's team while the Braves are playing the World Series and talked about who I'm going to trade over the offseason. I mean, I just love that. But the, but the Hawks aren't winning. 
you know, they're, they're not winning. They, they, they're not, that, that's like my theme with this whole conversation, but they're not winning. And therefore, if you're not winning with him, what do you do if you get rid of him? And I, I think they need to think about that. I do. All right, 478-646-ESPN. Well, I made fun of Shohei Otani for striking out on three pitches and the son of a bitch just hit a home run. Did I slip up and say a bad word there? I think I did. It's a Dodger. I don't. It doesn't matter. You're a hooligan now, Bill. Uh, what's that? You're going to be called a heathen now, Bill. Oh, yeah, I'm, you're going to get phone calls. I know. Well, I mean, it's if look, if I slip up and say, and God, you know, poor old Bill King, he spent two days talking about him slipping up on a daggum show over the weekend saying the S word. But I, I don't think it's a slip up when I'm referring to a Dodger or a Piston or a Saint. Or one of the four horsemen. 478-646-ESPN. That is our number. If you want to talk about the Hawks, we'd love to talk to you about that. Also, your thoughts on Chris Sale. He won the Cy Young Award this afternoon. No, he didn't. I'm sorry. He just went two innings. I'm kidding. It's February 27th, but still. 478-646-ESPN. I'll watch my language. I promise, damn it. Back with more right after this. Georgia is tied with Presbyterian in baseball at two in the sixth inning. Keep an eye on that product, on that game. Georgia undefeated 7-0, trying to keep their undefeated season in line. By the way, I, I, I never ask a person to call in on the show, but I just called in. I, I just text Ken from coming, and I said, call in so I can hang up on you. He, of course, is a Dodger fan. And I just wanted him to call in so I could hang up on him because of what I just told you about what Shohei Otani did. 478-646-ESPN is our number. Eddie in Ackworth joins us first. Hello. Hey, Bill. Now, you shouldn't have told him that. You should have said, Ken, please call in, and then not tell him you're going to hang up on him. Just do it. Now he knows, Now he's not going to call you. I bet he will because he knows I'm pissed about Otani hitting the home run. So that he'll 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 call in and try to get one of his snide comments in, and then I'll hang up on him, and I'll feel better. Good. I can't wait. That's that's must listen to radio. I love it. Well, Bill, um, somebody posted on Twitter today, like a moment you were there in sports that you'll never forget. And uh, one guy from Atlanta posted. Kind of neat to watch. Uh, Jock Peterson hitting a massive home run against the Dodgers a couple of years ago, and then the Austin Riley home run against the Dodgers. And it just got me thinking. I watched those over and over. It just there's nothing better than October baseball leading into the World Series when your team is doing that kind of thing. Just think about how much fun that run was a few years ago with the Braves. We've got to get that back in this town. And that also made me think, on your conversation with Jason Walker. Now, I know I'm with you. Most of your fans that listen to this show don't give two craps about the NBA. But I'm telling you guys, when your team in the NBA is in a seven-game series in the playoffs, there's almost nothing better than that. And you took us back to that. We went to the Eastern Conference Finals. That run was the most incredible thing I've ever watched because Trey was a total badass. And those seven-game series, you start hating the other team. You hate this guy. You hate that guy. They start jawing at each other, and it's phenomenal. And the sad part is, Bill, we're not even 
close to doing anything like that again. It's pathetic what's going on with the Hawks organization right now. Well, that's part of it. It's like we were teased by them getting that yep. far. And, and you know, I had someone over the weekend, we were talking basketball, and I had someone over the weekend say, you know, I, I, I don't think they're going to ever win with Trey. And he said part of the reason is I think that I lost respect for Trey Young when he obviously got hurt against Milwaukee when he stepped on the referee's foot. But then in the first game that he missed, he was on the sideline jumping up and down. And it's like, well, what are you doing? And, you know, you, you get that far and you, you taste it. You feel like you're tasting it. You know, you, you, you got the chocolate cake delivered to you, but you can't get it out of the box. You were that close to it, and then boom, it's gone. And there were some unbelievable – I mean, my, that comeback against Philadelphia was one of the best games I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Absolutely. Holy crap. My God, that was that was like, is this happening? How how did that happen? You know, that's still something that you, you just like, well, how did that happen? And it was a miracle. And then they go and beat the Sixers, get there, and you knew it was not going to be the same as it was when they lost in four games to Cleveland with LeBron back in 15 or whenever. Yeah. And yeah. they actually had a chance. It's like, God, you're fit, sitting there feeling – what if they can go and play in the in the NBA Finals? What if that were to happen? And then they can't win since then. I mean, forty three and thirty nine, forty one and forty one, and now seven games under five hundred. And and I, I get it. I, I get you know. I think Jason gets my, my point of view, and I get his. But they're not winning, and it's like I, I really think these next four weeks are going to be a test that that the organization regardless of their right or wrong and their handling of the situation at all, if 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 Murray can show he can be the guy, then you've got to trade Trey Young and get a bunch back. Well, and not to mention Trey up in New York bowing to the crowd. I mean, how incredible was that? It was just all of it was so awesome. But, Bill, I understand what Jason Walker's saying, and he makes some good points. You know, we've had two – how pathetic is that? Since, what, 1966, we've had two superstar two superstars for the Hawks? I mean – that in and of itself, it just sounds made up. But I understand what he's saying to keep Trey because you got to because he's a superstar. But what makes him think and anybody else who says that, that this current regime who can't seem to get the right players or doesn't want to get the right players around him, if they break it all down and keep Trey, what makes you think this current regime is going to do that in the future to get those kinds of players around Trey? They haven't done it to this point. What makes no. you think they will going forward? I don't well, trust them. And and that's that's part of my thought process is okay if they are the problem, then I think we as a fan base have to adjust our thinking of what they are capable of, and yep. if they're not capable of surrounding Trey Young, a superstar, with the kind of talent that can get them to a certain level like they were at three years ago, then they have got to trade him and try again. I mean, if they've made mistakes in re-signing DeAndre Hunter and re-signing Bogdanovich, which that was probably the dumbest one, uh, a Kongwu, you know, and Capella, and not having that, uh, I think Jason's 100% right in the fact that he says they've not had that consolidation trade. They've not had that Hunter, Capella, and a second-rounder for blank. You know, they just haven't been able to do that, pull that off. Well, when's your point of no return? How long have you got to wait before you can do that? Now it's too late because nobody would take Clint Capella if you gave him to him. Right? Do you and think, yes. Do you think, I'll leave you with this, do you think this franchise makes the decision 
based on, let's say, four weeks. He's out four weeks. They win 75% of their games. They go in a different direction than Trey. Or they lose 75% of their games, and they keep Trey. Do you think it's made on this four-week window? Well, I, I think it could, but I think the, the what I'm really curious about is are they going to look better defensively with Trey Young out of the way? Yeah. And I think the biggest disappointment about DeJounte Murray in the year and a half he's been there is that when he came, we heard, wow, he's he can just kind of play defense. Yeah. And what would that defense do to help Trey in the backcourt? And, you know, the weird thing is they've played well together. It's not like it's been oil and water in the backcourt. It's just not clicked. There's not been uh, – it's not been necessarily negative, but it's been neutral. It's been it's been a neutral situation where it hasn't helped, hadn't necessarily hurt, but it's like, well, if it's not working with both of them, then one of them's got to go. Well, they couldn't trade Murray, or they wouldn't trade Murray, and they couldn't get – that's what I'm saying. Another thing is, if you can't get back what you gave up for Murray, and they even talked supposedly, reportedly, to the Spurs about getting back what they gave up, and they couldn't even do that, then you gotta trade Trey Young. What else can you do but to trade Trey Young to get a ton of talent back to help yourself? Or if not, you're gonna be talent deficient and you're gonna be stuck with these bad contracts and you're really gonna be bad then. And you're not gonna have any first rounders because you gave them up for Murray. I gave you two scenarios where they win 75% of these games or lose 75% of these games. I guarantee Bill, it's the Atlanta Hawks. They'll come out of this 500 where I'll be like, yeah, what, what the hell do we do now? That's what'll happen. But, but there are seven games under already. So if they go 500 the rest of the way, they're going to be seven games under at the end of the year. And and there's nothing good at that. They're going to be 37 and 45 or something like that and, and be the 10th. It's stupid for any team in any pro sport to be in the playoffs with a losing record. I don't give a damn what it is. NBA, ML, stupid. But that, that's exactly what they'll be. They'll be something of that nature. And, yeah, they're going to hawk it up. They're going to – Hawks equals mediocrity. Hell, at least the Falcons suck. You know, we know the Fal- Falcons are, are are kind of one end of the spectrum. The 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 Hawks are on the teeter totter right in the center. And but you know, they haven't been that's the thing for me. I can't get over, and I was telling the guy who I was talking basketball with over the weekend, I can't get over that since that playoff run, they are are have a losing record. That blows me away. Bad management, bad roster management. You're telling me you go from that where you're beating teams like that? I mean, Julius Randle had a great series. Those Knicks, that was a tough Knicks team. Philadelphia, Joe Embiid, that was tough, even though they had a wimp for Ben Simmons. And then you go and push Milwaukee. To the hell, he did better against Milwaukee than the team that lost to him in the finals. And you can't have a winning record since then? That just blows me away, Eddie. It really does. Thank you very much. we got to run to a break. We're late. 478-646-ESPN. That's our number. Ugh. These bird teams in Atlanta drive me crazy. Back with more of your phone calls and more sports talk right after this. Four forty-seven is our time. Thanks for being with us. I just reposted a video of Chris Sale from today with a 96-mile-an-hour fastball and 18 inches of run. If you're a Braves fan, it may have your left leg going up uncontrollably. It's pretty cool. 
Now, I got to watch my language here because Pastor Tommy's on with us. Are you in Florida? Uh, I'm actually coming back from Florida. So I'm actually see- about Dosta, Georgia. Okay. So you didn't see the game today? No, I went um, yesterday, but okay. I did not go today. Okay. Well, so, so tell me, give me, give me some feedback. Give me a report. What do you see? Are we going to win the World Series or not? Uh, well, I don't know that I can give you a report from what I saw yesterday because we couldn't hit the ball yesterday. Um, uh, but I will say this, and I've said this all along: if Chris Sale is healthy, we're going to win the World Series, and that's a and that's a guarantee. That's a guarantee from Pastor Tommy. If Chris okay. Sale's healthy, we're winning the World Series. Well, I mean, I, I'm telling you, I spent 20 minutes in the first hour on on his two inning line because I'm like. Two innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, four strikeouts, and now I just saw video of his pitch. And Rob Friedman, that pitching ninja, says that that fastball that was ninety six had eighteen inches of run on it. <laughs> I'm well, telling you, all star. Yeah, he's an all star. And by the way, if you add him with Strider and Freed, you've got three number ones. You tell me a team that's got that. I don't. I don't know another team that's got that. Now, I think. In my opinion, and I think you, you, you would agree, but maybe you can't agree, they just need to scrap Bryce Elder. Let A.J. Smith-Shawver, or I would probably go with Smith-Shawver, let him have about five to ten starts. Forget Bryce Elder. He's not going he, let, let him trade him to Philadelphia. Let him be um, Bryce Harper's hitting coach, and, you know, just let's be done with that. So what do you look um, like yesterday? His line wasn't good. Was it bad? Well, no, I saw a free pitch yesterday. Okay, you didn't you, you didn't see Bryce the other day then you didn't see him Bryce on on Sunday, Sunday? No, right? No, I saw I saw Freed yesterday. I saw Freed and Matzik and um, Mentor and Lopez, which I didn't know who that was. Uh, and then, I, and I hate this, but I actually left before they brought in Negro. Oh. What's wrong with you leaving early? What are you an Alabama fan leaving early? What's wrong with you? But they listen. They took all the starters out. I didn't. I didn't know half those people. Well, that's because so, you don't listen to Bill Shanks show every day. You listen to Feinbaum, and I got better hair. Hey, listen, Bill. Listen to me. You did not. You you don't know who played second base after Albies went out. You don't know who that guy is. Glenn Hubbard. Um, it wasn't Glenn Hubbard. I promise you that. that uh, it could have been Glenn Hubbard. We, here's what we've determined, and I got to tell you this because it's pretty funny. So I got my wife with me, and she, she, said, she said, man, that Albies is, is short. And I said, I said, yeah, she said. And then the next guy came out, and she was like, do all the second basemen have to be short? I mean, what's going on here? So years ago, we met um, Marcus Giles in Washington. He was yeah. in the same hotel we were in, and he was shorter than she was. So – I don't know. I guess you got to be short to play second base for the Braves. Yeah, all except but, Kelly. Yeah. Kelly was about the tallest one, but you're right. But so, so um, how did uh, Matzik look to you? He, he looked pretty good. I mean, if he his fastball was around 92, 93, 94. So okay. he's got a little. He's, he's got to get some arm strength back, obviously. Yeah, because uh, he hasn't thrown since you know the World Series year twenty twenty two. But if he gets some arm strength back, I'm telling you, they have got some very – they're dangerous. That's a dangerous team. You know we're going to hit. The fact that we didn't hit yesterday doesn't bother me because I know we're going to hit. Oh, yes. Um, 
And so, so, so you didn't know Rodri, uh, uh, Lopez, Reynaldo Lopez, but was he throwing gas? He was throwing hard, but so another funny, and I, he gave up a home run, and it's actually my fault. It's I literally took all the responsibility for it. Nobody had got a hit up to that point. It was a hitless ball game. I literally turned to my wife, and I, I wouldn't lie to you. I promise you, this is exactly how it went down. I turned to my wife, and I said, has there ever been a spring training game where nobody got a hit, and it came out of my mouth, <laughs> and the ball went out of the park? And the ball went out. Oh, my God. That was your fault. And I that literally said to – I turned to her, and I said, well, I guess that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, no, the early results have been great, but you got to see that video on my Twitter account, it, you, it, I mean, it. I'm with you. I, I've been saying it for, for two months since they got him. It's like, I, I just love the trade, and he's healthy. I love the way he sounds, but Chris Sale, uh, and and I was listening to the game this afternoon with, with Ben and Joe, and they were just like, oh, my gosh, what have we got here? And I, I think what they've got is what you just said. If he is, because I, I read his stats earlier, Tommy, and and for for seven years that guy was unbelievable, unbelievable. Had a had a sub three ERA for the seven years between 2012 and 2018. And if he is 80 percent of that type pitcher, he's going to be an all star and he's going to be in the Cy Young conversation. And and because he was in the Cy Young, he was in the top six of the Cy Young every year of those seven years. He can do it again and. If he's glad to be out of ball, and you know he doesn't have to be. This, it's kind of like Kelnick; he doesn't have to be the star of this rotation. Free, and he knows Max and Spencer are the two stars. He and Morton can just be "quote unquote" middle of the rotation starting pitchers, and those are two pretty good middle of the rotation starting pitchers for you. Well, I'll tell you two things to what you just said. Number one, Kel- Kelnick, he made a phenomenal catch yesterday. Um, he made one. He was actually going toward. He was coming from left field, going toward. Uh, out, out, out of play and made a diving catch, unbelievable catch. The guy can play some outfield. The thing about Chris Sale, though, I'll tell you this, and I believe this, from what I've seen, if Chris Sale stays healthy with all the great trades Anthopolis has made, it'll be his best. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, he's got an ace pitcher for someone they weren't going to use, which is that's what you hope to do. But the fact that Boston also paid for him to come here, it's – it's incredible. Hey, y'all be safe, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Yes, sir. See you, man. All right, 478-646-ESPN. I mean, Chris Sale, go look on my Twitter account, at Bill Shanks. Go look at it. There's video of him from today. It'll it'll get you excited. 478-646-ESPN. You can talk Hawks. You can talk Braves. You can talk Falcons and their quarterback search. All kind of things going on. Just don't talk Dodgers. Back with more as we continue here on the Bill Shanks Show. 